Today I want to preach about a city set on a hill. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, his disciplined ones, his followers, and he says as he's preaching this sermon on the mount in Matthew 5 and 14, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen. Jesus understands all the church bashing that was going on, not just in the first century, but the 21st century. And he wanted to bring clarity to what the church is all about. Even some of us who've given our lives to Christ by faith and believe Jesus died on the cross and God raised him from the dead, we really have no idea what the church really is. And so Jesus gives us some metaphors. He gives us some, some illustrations to start with what we know in the physical to take us to what we do not know in the spiritual. So he says, you know about salt. You know that salt has value. You know that salt enhances. Salt doesn't give flavor to chicken and fish and meat, but it brings the flavor out. That salt preserves, that salt keeps. And you may not know what church is, but you know what salt is. And you are the salt as the church. You bring value. You have value. You enhance this world that you preserve, you keep. You, you, you're the salt. It starts with what we know in the physical to take us to what we don't know in the spirits, he said, you don't, in the spirits, you really don't know what the church is all about, but you know what light is all about. Light brings illumination, light shines. And this world is so dark that it needed a light. And so I put the church here because as the church, you are the light of the world. You bring that illumination, you shine, you shine before men that they can see the works and then giving the glory to God. And so he's doing the same thing today. And when all the, in the midst of all this church bashing and in the midst of our lack of understanding of the church, and so many of us don't even read the Bible, but we listen to everything and everybody else and what they say about church. So Jesus says, you really don't know what church is all about. So I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm going to give you a metaphor. I'm going to speak about something in the physical that you know about to help you to understand in the spiritual what the church really is. The church is like a city that is set on a hill. And as a city set on a hill, the church is about civilization. It's about people and civility. The church is it's not isolation, you by yourself. A city is, is about socialization. That this is this is not just you as an individual, you a city, this is social. This is not desolation, this is civilization. This is not you out in the wilderness, you're no longer in the wild. I pulled you out of the wild. Now you are a city that is set on a hill. And until we get that, we don't understand the socialization, the interconnection, the unification that should take place with the church. You're a city. You're not in desolation and isolation by yourself. 
that God has united us for work of the ministry. You're a city that it's about population. It's about people coming together. I was sharing my faith with a young lady and, and I asked her, I said, have you ever thought about becoming a Christian? And she says, I am a Christian. I've accepted Jesus as my personal savior. So I celebrated that. I said, well, do you have a church home? She said, yeah, I, I have a church home. She said, I don't go to church like I should, but I, the church when I go, and she told me the name of it. And then I was telling her the importance of the church, like I'm telling you. And here's what she said to me. She said, I like the church. I just don't like the social part. So I had to help her to understand the social part is the church. You're a city. We, the, it, we're not isolated as an individual, but it's social, us coming together. And it doesn't mean that you're not saved when you give your life to Christ and you never show up anywhere, but when you understand what the church is all about. And all through the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, it helps us to understand how important people of faith coming together, a faith community, socializing is. It's a trick of the enemy to make you think everything is fine, just you off by yourself. And it is this disconnect that is really bringing the depression that we're seeing. We're supposed to be social. You're a city set on a hill. In Proverbs chapter 6, Solomon, the wisest man living dead or unborn, Solomon says that when you face the difficulties you face in life, you got to face them like a gazelle facing a hunter like a bird dealing with a trap, and like an ant working through difficult times. Y'all, it is not by accident that Solomon talks about us being like a gazelle, like a bird, and like an ant, because all of those creatures are social. Y'all, you don't see a gazelle by itself. They run in herds, 10 20, 50, 100, sometimes 200, but they're social. They run in herds that he says you got to deal with life like a gazelle. Y'all, you don't see a bird off by itself. That, that bird is connected. Birds of a feather flock together. He says you got to deal with it like a bird. And ants, y'all, outside of the people, ants are probably the most social of creatures, period. They live in colonies. And those ants, all of them specialize in the gifts that they bring. And they're not jealous of another ant because they don't have the gift they have. So they, you know, you got leaf cutting ants and you got fruit cutting ants and you got soldier ants and you got scout ants. You got all of these different ants in the colony and they bring their gifts and skills and they unite for the sake of the colony. And so now here is Solomon saying that you got to deal with life like an ant not off by yourself getting stamped on, stomped on, but coming together for the benefit of the colony that ends up being a blessing to you. It's not isolation, it's socialization. In the book of Hebrews, the writer says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some do. It's about socialization. It's about your city. It's, it's about us coming together. If two or three gather together in my name and touch and agree, Jesus said, that I'll be in the midst of that. It's so significant about us coming together. And I'm not going to deal with this very long, but the Apostle Paul says we're the body of Christ. And I'm not going to deal with that long because that's going to be one of the metaphors I use to help us to understand the church. But y'all, when you see a body, it, it's not a, a part of a body. It's not isolated from the rest of the body. 
Paul said we are many members but one body. And you don't see the hand saying, I'm not going back down there with that body because I don't like where the feet been taking us. the, The body comes together even though they're different members and operate as one body. And when you decide that I'm going to disconnect with the rest of the body, y'all cut off a part of your body. It's not going to last long without the rest of the body. It is a city set on a hill speaks of socialization. It speaks of how we are to come together and work. It's about people. But it's not just about people coming together. It's about pooling resources. You're a city set on a hill. And in cities, we, we pool resources. Now, I'm speaking philosophically and, and, and with the ideal of it. I'm not talking about with corruption in government. I'm not talking about that. But ideally speaking, philosophically speaking, when we connect with a city, we pool our resources together. You don't move to a city and think you're not going to have to contribute something with the rest of us to make the city better. Ideally speaking, that's what taxes are. I'm not talking about corruption in government, but philosophically, ideally, taxes help us to pool our resources. That's why you didn't come to church on a dirt road. You came on the street. You came on a highway because we pooled our resources to make that happen. That's why some of us were able to go to public schools because the resources have been pooled so that public schools, public education is available to us because it's, it's us taking the resources that we have, making a contribution to bring it together so that we have street lights, so that if your house catch on fire, the fire department will show up there, that if somebody steals from you, then the police will come and check this thing out because we pool. We are a city, and as a church, being like a city we pool our resource that we don't, it's not a tax, but it should be a tithe. And our resources coming together cause us to be able to do things that we couldn't do if it's just one person trying to do it by themselves. It's our pooling resources that we can have these worship facilities and be able to plant other churches. It's, it's because we pool our resources that we can have people in full-time ministry that every day, all day are working on your behalf. It's because we pool our resources that we got a care center that can help with counseling and visitation at hospitals and come alongside you when somebody in your family passes away. We pool our resources so we can give away food and clothes and help with scholarship. We can't do that with just one person isolated by themselves, but we're a city pooling resources. That's why we can, in a food desert, provide affordable, healthy options for food so our children can have something to build their bodies and help address their mentality. That's why we got the the, the Rock Fresh Market. That's why we're able to provide scholarships. That's why we're able to help with Step Seminary in Haiti, that the building that they had collapsed during the earthquake, and we were able to pool resources together with other believers to build something significant. That's why we have fed millions of children in Haiti that could not have eaten had it not been for a city set on a hill bringing their resources together. And I know why some of us aren't saying amen. We're trying to live in the city without paying the taxes. We want the benefit of the city without making a contribution to helping it run. Uh, E.K. Bailey, he's going on to glory now, used to pastor the Concord Church in Dallas. He says that some of us have what he calls gypsy religion. 
And he talked about back in the day how gypsies, you know, they're nomads. And when they would get near a city, they wouldn't move into the city. They would move on, on the periphery, on the outside, just outside the city. Because the gypsies wanted to be close to the city, but not too close. They wanted to be far, but not too far. So they wouldn't move in the city, just on the outskirts of the city. And they wanted to be close enough that if one of their covered wagons caught on fire, then the fire department from the city would come out there and put it out. That if somebody stole something from them, they wanted to be close enough to the city that the police would come out and address the issues that they're going through. But they didn't want to move in the city because now they got to pay taxes to help pay for the fire department. They got, if they move in the city, they got to pay taxes to help deal with public safety. So they wanted the benefit of the city without being a blessing to the city. So they were close, but not too close, far, but not too far. And Bailey says that some of us got gypsy religion. We close to the church, but not too close. We far, but not too far. We close enough that, you know, we come enough that if I get sick, the church will send somebody out to the hospital to check on me. That if my child gets locked up, the church will send somebody out there to address that situation. We close enough. We come airy now and then. We want to be close, but not too close. That if I want to get married, then we can use one of these facilities and get one of the pastors to perform the ceremony. We close. That if, if something happens in my home, then, then the church will provide food for me or get us the counseling that we need. We, that when my son or daughter go to college, I can get one of those scholarships because I'm close, but not too close because if I get too involved, they might want me to do something. They might want me to contribute to help pay for some of the benefit. Y'all ain't helping me preach this. We are a city set on a hill. And a city set on a hill, that, that's the church in terms of elevation. It's not just civilization and, and interconnection, but it's elevation. We're not just a city. We're a city set on a hill. This is about perception and visibility. Because a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. It's impossible to hide a city that's on a hill. Now, you got to look at this. Jesus is talking from a first century perspective. So when you had people who were going from place to place and as they traveled, you know, they didn't have, you know, when I drive from, from Indianapolis to Dallas, there are, are lights on the highway all the way there. No matter how dark it gets, we, we got lights and we got headlights and, and street lights and highway lights. But in Jesus' day when people traveled, they didn't have those kind of lights. And so somebody is out in the wilderness and in the desert and in desolation and it bandits would hang out waiting on somebody in the night so that they can jump on them and take their stuff take advantage of them or wild animals were out there and 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 wild animals uh, some of them are nocturnal can see better even in the dark and so they got to deal with that but when they would come up on a city that's set on a hill that they would get joy. They would know that I, there's a place that can help me out. Because at night in the city, even though they didn't have light bulbs and, 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 and fluorescent lights, what they did have were lamps that were lit by fuel. And so when, when the sun would set, somebody would walk through the city saying, put your lights out, set your lights outside. And so people would set their lights outside to help provide light for the city. So the traveler that's coming in the wilderness and in desolation, worrying about wild animals and bandits, they can see in a distance. 
there's a city. It's set on a hill. And if I can just get to the city, I know they got food in the city. I know somebody will watch over me in the city. I got somewhere to stay in the city. I'll be safe in the city. That's what it's saying. We are, as the church, a city that is set on a hill. And people are dealing with difficulties in their life. And when the church acts like the church, then we're able to be a black folk. No, I can get saved up there. I can get delivered over there. I can get forgiven over there. I can get love over there because it's a city set on a hill. It's about elevation. And, and it's elevation because Jesus wants us to be seen. You're the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Um, you ought to shine. Do your good works before men that they can see. You do it to be seen. Well, let me, let me say it a little differently. You're not doing it to be seen for ego, but you're doing it to be seen so you can give glory to, to the Father that's in heaven. So you, you, you want to be seen giving, but you don't want to give to be seen. Are y'all getting any of this? So you, you want to be seen serving, but you don't want to serve just to be seen. You want to do it so that when folks see that, then you can give glory to God. That's what a city set on a hill. It's about elevation. That God, listen, God doesn't want any secret agents in the kingdom. God's not looking for covert agents. God is looking for some uniformed soldiers. God is looking for people that are not ashamed to let folk know I'm a child of the king, that I am saved. I am a part of the church. I am in the kingdom of God. God wants some uniformed. God says put on the whole armor of God. You got too many of us thinking we secret agents for the kingdom. Folk need to know that the Lord set you free. Folk need to know it was the Lord that made a way for you. It's the Lord that lifted you up. It's about elevation. So it's the perception that people in the dark traveling could see. That, so it's, it's about their perception, but it's also about the perception of the people in the city. You and I ought to see life. Our worldview ought to be different. And why is that? Because we're on a hill. Y'all, to be high up, uh, you see life a lot differently from those who are low down. So when you, when you are low down, you see life one way. But when you are elevated, it's, it's a different perception. And I believe that there are those who are in deep depression right now because they have missed out on the elevation of being set on a hill. And the reason for that is that you got too many people who are trying to convince us that church is not significant to our walk with God. And, and I believe that this disconnect from Christ and the church and the kingdom is what's leading to all of this depression. Y'all, it is last year, 49 of the 50 states, 49 of the 50 states, there was an increase in suicidal thoughts and an increase in suicidal actions. And most of that came from teenagers, young adults. This disconnect with the church and the kingdom of God is leading to depression. In all 50 of the states in the United States, there was a significant percentage increase in depression. Because when you are low down, you see life one way. But when God has elevated you and you a city set on a hill, you see life another way. It doesn't mean we don't see the difficulties and the hardships and the pain, 
but it doesn't depress me because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And as long as I got the Lord, I still got joy. Y'all not getting this. I'm a, I see the difficulties and the hardship, but I know no weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. I got a different perspective. I see how hard it is, but I know that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are called to court. Oh, boy, I don't know why y'all not getting this. It's elevation. It's you a city, and not just a city, but set on a hill. Y'all, don't y'all know that throughout the Bible, when God did great things in the life of the people of faith, a lot of times he did it on a hill. Then when God got ready to make moves, a whole lot of times in the Bible, he does it on a hill. That it rained 40 days and 40 nights and 150 days for a flood. And Noah was, he and his family were in that ark. But after the waters receded, then the ark didn't just land on the ground. It was on Mount Ariot. It was a hill where they were able to help bring restoration to the world. Because when God got ready to do great things in the life of people of faith, oftentimes he used a hill. When God got ready to give his Ten Commandments to the children of Israel, y'all, he didn't do that in a valley. Moses was on Mount Sinai. That was a hill. Uh, when Abraham, still shaping his faith to understand what God is all about, dealing with his son Isaac, and then they get, saw that there was a ram in the bush to know that God will provide. That didn't take place on, on the plain. It took place at Mount Moriah. It took place on a hill. Y'all going to get it in a minute. Uh, when Elijah overcame the 450 prophets of Baal and got the fire of God to fall, the presence of God to show up, Y'all, that took place on Mount Carmel. That was on a, on a hill when Jesus and the glory of God was able to shine through him. And then he met with Elijah and Moses. You had grace and the law uh, meeting together on this hill. That was the mountain of transfiguration. Y'all, that was on a hill. And when Jesus got ready to pay the penalty for your sin and mine, he didn't do it in the valley of Jezreel. He did it on a hill far away. He did it on Mount Calvary. Do I have a witness in here? And God, when he gets ready to bless us, he decides, I'm going to elevate you and make you a city set on a hill. Let me give you one more and I'm done. City set on a hill. Uh, this is about the church and, and protection. It's, it's preservation and security. A city set on a hill. This is about security. Now, in, in, in Jesus' day, in the first century, when you decide the difference between a city and a town and a village, it's not always population. Some of the cities were very, very small in terms of population. But one of the things that would distinguish a city from a village was a wall. And so they would, they would build a wall around the city. When, I, when Lady Sharon and I went to Israel and we went to Jerusalem, they were showing us the wall with it around Jerusalem. That's how they would protect the city. That's what, that's what set a city apart from a village. It was the wall that they would build. That's for security. So that when a war would break out, people from surrounding towns and villages would make their way to the city. Because protection is their security. When, when, when Babylon came over and conquered Israel and and then they destroyed the temple, but they also tore down the walls of Jerusalem. 
And so 70 years later, when they got released from bondage, Nehemiah, the cupbearer to the king of Persia, he took his influence and went to the king and said, I got to go back and help my people. They, we're trying to rebuild Jerusalem, and I got to go back and help them. And the king said, well, what area are you going to focus in when you go to help? He said, I need to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. Because as, when the walls are down, any enemy nation can come in and attack them and overcome them. But the wall is for fortitude. The, the wall is for strength. The wall is for security. The wall is for protection. That's what made it a city. It, it was the wall that was there. Jesus said, you're a city set on a hill. And I don't think some of us understand the security that you have being in the kingdom of God, being a part of the body of Christ, being in the church. The security that comes with that. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They won't listen to anybody. They, they obey me. He said, and my father has given them to me, John chapter 10. And he says that God has placed them in my hand and in my father's hand. And then Paul says, we're sealed to the day of redemption. Y'all got to get this. So I'm trying to show you the security we get being a part of Christ in the church. We're in the hand of Jesus. He's in the hand of God. All that's sealed by the Holy Spirit. Somebody asked me, do I believe in the eternal security of believers? Yeah, I believe in the eternal security of believers. And I believe in the insecurity of unbelievers. But I know everything going to be all right with me. I know I'm going to make it just fine because I'm in the hand of Jesus. He's in the hand of God and all that's sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're a city set on a hill. Cities were determined by a wall of protection. Now, I don't have time to work this, but also when they went to build cities, they would build it near a body of water. They didn't have running water like we have in our city that we pool our resources together. So when you turn your water on at your house, it cut. they didn't have that. So when they go to build these big cities, they would build it near a body of water so that they could have access to the water. And that's why when Assyria went to attack Israel and, and, they were, and Israel was in Jerusalem at that wall, Assyria said, we'll just wait on them. They got to come out and get some water. They don't have any running water inside those walls. So they decided they're going to wait them out. But they didn't understand that in a time of peace, King Hezekiah had built a, a channel underground that ran from the Gion Spring underground, covered up, that came into the city. So there was water in the city that the enemy didn't know about because it was underground and connected to the Gion Spring. So while they're waiting on them because... They, they got to come out for water. That's what Psalm 46 is all about. That when the earth is removed and the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, we ain't tripping because there is a river. Y'all ain't reading the Bible. There's a river that make glad the city. It's that water that keeps the city. You're like a city set on a hill, and water represents the Holy Spirit. And when you and I get in right with Jesus and have this connection with his city, there's a Holy Ghost. There's an eternal life springing up in us, it's, and other folk can't see it. They're wondering, how do you still have joy, all the hell you're going through? How do you still have peace, all the trouble that you're facing? There is a river, and this wall is about protection. And, and so Jesus says, you're going to be all right because you're a city, not just with elevation and socialization, but you, you got protection. 
and it's, it's, it's on a hill. Now, here's the issue for so many of us. We keep leaving the hill. And, and when, when Solomon went to build the first temple, and he built it on Mount Moriah, and he built it on one of the highest points in Israel, and that's on purpose, so that anytime anybody's going to the temple, they on their way up. And anytime somebody leaving the temple, they're on their way down. Jesus said, you're like a city, not just anywhere, but set on a hill. We're a church that's set on a hill. So anybody moving towards the church and with the church can't help but go up. And anybody that decides, I ain't, I'm no longer going to be with the church, I'm leaving, you can't help but go down. Because some of us act like we progress so much, we don't need the church. That, that I make so much money now, or I got so many degrees now. My company is taking off. I don't need it because I progress. Y'all, that's not progression. That's progressive regression. You are progressively going down because if you're going towards the church, that means you're going up. You're moving forward. But to walk away from the church means you're going down and going backwards. And some of us are going backwards and don't even know it. But I know I got some witnesses in here that thank God for the church that's on a hill to provide my protection and security for me. And so you got to keep that thing high because it's a trick of the enemy to make you think the way to deal with low-down people is to be low-down. No, that's it. No, no, no. You can't. You can't leave your high place. Jesus, the, the, the Apostle Paul said, you, you can sit with Christ in the heavenly realm. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. That just because they're lying on the job, you don't try to get them back by start lying yourself. We, we're a city set on a hill. Um, Habakkuk said that God is going to make my feet like hinds feet and set me in a high place. What does that mean? God's going to make my feet like the feet of a deer. And then he's going to take me and put me in a high place. Y'all, that's how deer deal with a lot of their opposition because of the kind of feet they have. They don't have paws and claws. They have hooves. And because a deer has hooves, they're able to negotiate in mountains and rocks and in cliffs and high places because of the kind of feet that they have. But a lioness has paws and can't negotiate the cliffs and the mountains the way a deer can. So if this deer is going to face a lion, you might want to take that to a higher place. And you're able to do it because of the kind of feet. And here's what, here's what Habakkuk said, that God's going to make my feet like the feet of a deer, then he's going to take me and put me in a high place. But the reason why so many of us are living a defeated life is because we try to deal with low-life people in a low-life way. But if you're able to keep it high, you're able to overcome your enemy. Okay, y'all ain't saying amen. Uh, y'all didn't get it with the deer. Let me give you one more and I get out of this because your city set on a hill. This is about security. It's about protection. You, you got to keep it high. You're in a high place. I, I didn't even know what um, a, 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 a feral cat was, a feral cat. I thought it was a species of cats, a feral cat. No, it's a, it's a cat that has not been domesticated. It's a wild cat. It's a cat that lives in the wild. And the experts say that they're messing up the, the ecosystem. 
wild cats. And they're messing up the ecosystem because every year they kill like 3.7 billion birds. Wild cats never lived with a human, never been domesticated, never had a home, living out in the wild. Every year they kill 3.7 billion birds. And we hear about the fires in Australia. The wild cats, they're not running from the fire. They're going over there dealing with the aftermath of the fire because these wild cats are able to sense injured and weakened animals and birds. And they, they stalk them and go, they'll go miles looking for a bird that's been injured or weakened by the fire. They're able to sense when a bird has been burned. And then the cat, y'all catch my play on words in a minute. The cat's able to go over and conquer the bird. Here's what I'm trying to show you. 3.7 billion birds. And now all of these birds over in Australia being killed is messing up the ecosystem. Yo, the reason why the birds are being destroyed by the cat is not because the cat got up to the bird level. Birds can fly. Birds build their homes in high places. But the reason why the cat's able to get to the bird, not because the cat got up to the bird, but because the bird came down to the level of the cat. And if these cats, if these birds had have just kept it high, they would not have been living a defeated life. Preacher, why are you telling us this? Because there's a whole lot of cats that can sense you've been burned and you walking around all weekend and I don't know I'm going to make it and a whole lot of cats can sense that but even in the midst of that if you keep it high keep your living high keep your giving high keep your lifestyle high how many of you know that God will give you the victory you are a city set on a hill I want to close it like this because I want those persons to understand that when you give your life to Jesus Christ as a city set on a hill you got the protection that comes from Jesus Christ our Lord he He's watching over you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. The victory is already yours. Do I have a witness in this place? Kenneth Ulmer says that, that in Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's how I know that God's got me taken care of because as I'm walking, as I'm moving through life, as my shepherd, the Lord is in front of me. He's taking care of me. But wait a minute, preacher. What if somebody tried to come in on the side and get me? I ain't got to sweat that either because he's not just my Lord in front of me. It's a rod and a staff on either side of me to protect me from those trying to get me from the side. But wait a minute, preacher, what if somebody digs a ditch for me and I don't see, I don't have to worry about that because on Christ, the solid rock I stand, I'm trying to show you the security we got in Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. He's in front of me. Got a rod and staff on either side of me. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. But preacher, what if they try to sneak up from behind me and get to me? I ain't got to sweat that either. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But what if they try to take scud missiles and come in from above all day, all night? Angels, people, can I testify about how God watches over me? The Lord is my shepherd. He's in front of me. Rod and staff on either side of me. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Goodness and mercy are stalking me all day, all night. Angels, people, is there anybody that know God has got you covered? Come on, stand with me.